Hi, Green Junkie. It's Stephanie Morham, your host. And today I have the pleasure of speaking with Annalie Milan, the author of the book, The World Behind Recycling. She is a Venezuelan living in Australia, a mother of one little girl and a dog. She is a scientist married to a graphic designer who complements her scientific mind. She drives a passion for sustainable living, and her purpose is to educate younger generations as she believes they are the generation of change. She has worked in packaging innovation for over 20 years, and after seeing how the world is changing, she decided to make her contribution for a better planet by writing an amusing educational stories about sustainability, targeting little ones and grown-ups as well. You can head over to my Instagram and TikTok at this is Stephanie Moram to follow along my journey. If you want to reduce your waste and learn how to consume less in just five days, you can binge my complimentary audio series. The links, you will find them all below. And please don't forget to subscribe to the Green Junkie podcast on whatever platform you get your podcast. That way you will never miss another Green Living episode. Hello, hello. How are you? Thank you for being here today. Hey, thank you. And thank you for having me. So exciting. Of course, of course. I'm excited to dive in. And so I'm just going to dive in and ask you a question that you said you recently had someone ask you. So we're just going to get right into it. Do you think when it comes to sustainability that there is still hope? I know that's like a big question, but you told me that someone had asked you this and you thought it was such a great question. And I would it, love to it, know your thoughts and answer. Yeah, indeed. And um, when this person uh, um, asked me this question, I was like, what do I answer? <laughs> <You know? laughs> um, I think it's a, um, it's a big question indeed. Um, my personal view is that there is hope as long as we take actions now um, and, you know, educate people, not only kids, but, um, you know, people in general around the uh, importance of living a sustainable life, at least with, you know, small actions. Um, I think that's that's the most important thing and, and how we can contribute, you know, to that in our day-to-day um, activity. So, the the answer to that is depends on 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 what we do to be honest um there are you know many people like you of course and and many um uh, experts around the world working on um a more sustainable future but m- my my feeling is that you know there is a gap in um, educators like around education at home so and that that's basically the reason why I wrote the book um, you know targeting people at home who want to you know do the right thing but they don't know how so I think the the future depends on definitely the actions we take now and yeah the hope is there and so when you're saying different actions do you think that what what type of things can people do around the house? You know, somebody's listening and they're like, you know, I recycle and that's it. And I'm not saying that's not a good thing that they recycle, but 
you know, or they say I compost, but I don't do I I don't know where else to start or I recycle. I don't know where else, what else to do or, you know, I buy organic food when I can, but I don't mm. know what else to do. So what would you tell somebody that's kind of like a deer in the headlights and wants to have more ideas on what they can do to make changes in their lives and to be yeah. more sustainable? Yeah. Well, one thing is um, sustainability implies a lot of changes, behavioral changes. Um, and some of those changes, you could see them, see them as a, as a um, working against, for example, convenience. Yeah. So for example, yeah, to buy a bottle on the go and then the bottle, oh, what, do I, what do I do with the bottle? Do I keep it in my car? Do I throw it in the <laughs> bin? You know, it's kind of like, oh my God, especially for, you know, in my case, you know, I have a daughter It's like, oh, you know, things on the go and, and, and that convenience and, and, and flexibility. I think the first thing you can try, and this is what we've been doing for a couple of years now, especially when we were in lockdown, um, you could see the impact of waste uh, in, the, uh, in the environment. So you could definitely try to reduce, reduce everything, reduce the time you take, you know, to shower, reduce the time you spend, you know, um, with the lights on, uh, reduce the the items you buy. You know, um, it, that's the first thing we should be thinking of. Um, and then, you know, going down to that um, waste hierarchy um, to recycle and in in compost. Recyclability is, of course, at the top of the trends now, same as composting. Um, however, there is more infrastructure around recyc- recycling right. than composting. So knowing how to recycle is also important. Uh, people might say, hey, yes, I recycle, and you will be surprised at w- what you see in the recycling bins. I work <laughs> pretty close, pretty closely with um, material recycling facilities. And, you know, the other day I was talking to my manager and she said to me, oh, oh I was... I was in the material recycling facility the other day and I was I was amused to see all the items that people put in the recycling bin from an extinguisher to a teddy bear, you know. Um, so knowing how to recycle is important, especially because there is so much investment around the world to make recycling work. So um, it's important also to understand what materials can be put into the recycling bin and um what items and how it's even though you know if you if you know that a, a so for example a plastic bottle could be uh, put into res, the recycling bin what do I do with that bottle do I keep the cap on do I take the cap off you know do I rinse it it's that type of things that will help also the recycling stream to to work more efficiently and I think when it comes to recycling that I think one of the biggest problems in my opinion, is that every country, every state, every province, every city, every country, like um, town, all of the ways that they recycle are different. So if I go to Australia from Canada and I recycle, I might say, oh, I can put this plastic bag in the recycling. And you're like, 
I don't know what the laws are in Australia. I'm just giving an example. You might say, no, no, Mm -hmm. no, no. We do not recycle plastic bags. But here in my small Mm. town, we take plastic bags. But if I drive 20 minutes to Montreal, they don't take plastic bags. So there's so much Mm -hmm. discrepancy and like the info, like the, the systems that are in place. I just feel like they could just be more similar. I think people would understand recycling a little bit more. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And um, um, there are prog- individual uh, individual programs as well. So, for example, here in Australia, all soft plastics are recycled through a individual party. So it's, it's, a, it's a separate uh, company uh, from the curbside recycle, um, recycling, sorry. Um, and then you need to take the bags to the supermarkets so if you want to recycle your plastic bags you go to the supermarket and put the recycling um sorry the the the, all the bags into the recycling soft plastic uh, bins the other thing is that even though they are all the you know uh the the infrastructure is a little bit different than in the rules let's say they are a little bit different there are certain things that are common. So, for example, PET plastic is globally recyclable. Um, You know, things like that and cardboard boxes, paper, those materials are high-value materials and can be recycled, say, in an easier way to other type of plastics or materials. So, you know, if if you want to start at least to, you know, be conscious about what you put into the recycling bin. Make sure that at least you are putting um, the PET plastic bottles, the paper containers, um, or the paper, um, you know, materials in there because they might, you know, get recycled more broadly than other type of materials. So that's at least a good start, right. even though that the rules are different. Yeah. And I like how you said might get recycled. <laughs> I say might recycled. get recycled because in case of paper and, right. you know, paper is a big deal. For, like, is a, there is a lot and, and it might, you know, it might get in trouble with this, but um, uh, there, is, there is a lot of greenwashing around paper, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, paper coated. Uh, materials or containers are not necessarily recyclable just because the coating is plastic and can't not be separated as part of the recycling process. So any any paper container that has a plastic liner or anything like that is difficult to recycle. So, you know, you need to be conscious about, you know, that type of materials that even though if you put them in the recycling bin, they will contaminate the recycling stream. So, um, and that's, a, that's the thing. I think so many people wish cycle, right? They're like, well, it's paper or it's this. And when you're talking about that type of paper, like the, it's like the waxy type of paper that like yes. almond milk containers and stuff like that, where I live, yeah. they take them. But then again, I might go down to, another plate like to another city and yeah. they're like no 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 we don't take that yeah but the one yeah. thing i'm gonna say is here in quebec we have um on metal on like um i'm going blank right now on aluminum cans yes they and 
and glass bottles, we have an amount of money we get back. So I think cans is like five cents, depending on the Mm -hmm. can and glass bottles, I think are like 20 cents or something like that. And what they're trying to do right now here in Quebec is those containers like the almond milk that you can get any plant-based milks, um, regular milk comes in those containers as well. They're trying to set up the exact same program. And mm-hmm. I think those programs are amazing because it's a way to separate recycling <laughs> mm-hmm. and we're kind of yes. doing it for them, right? <laughs> so yes. if we're throwing in those milk containers or almond milk containers, they have to sort through that. But if they have yeah. something in place where all the metal cans, all the glass, you know, beer bottles and stuff like that, and now all the milk and almond milk containers are not even ending up in curbside recycling, mm-hmm. that's that's great. It's like eliminated. So it it's is almost- great, yeah it's almost easier for the facilities to be able to recycle properly. Yeah, yeah. When, we, when uh, in, here in Australia, we have a similar, um, also similar approach. So we have the curbside recycling and then the, the return, we call it return um, scheme. So yeah. that return scheme is basically the same. So, you know, glass, aluminum, uh, plastic bottles ma- mainly for yeah. PET bottles right um, and true. then and then in the, then the consumer goes to these places they put the you know the different materials in the different sections and they they get uh money back right. the the thing with sustainability and we need to remember that sustainability needs to be profitable as well to be sustainable over time so all the you know all the things we all the activities and programs and schemes that we put around sustainability need to add value otherwise you know companies and people in general will say well what's the point yet yeah? exactly. it sounds it sounds bad <laughs> but <laughs> is is the reality and you know there are there are certain um uh, uh, you know, institutions that fight truly from heart uh, to, you know, protect the environment. But in the end, if they don't get any found in anything, they will die over time. So we need to be conscious that sustainability needs to add value, needs to have, you know, a, a sense of profitability uh, because otherwise we'll, you know, we'll die. So um the consumer piece or the, cons- the the engagement with consumers is very important so any any program any recycling program any reuse reusable reusable container scheme and things like that needs to also add value to the consumer otherwise the consumer will say well what's the point if i return this to what to you know what's the point of me making a big effort i'm so busy you know making a big effort to return these back to you um they need to they need to have some sort of added value so is it no 100 yeah i 100 agree because especially when it comes to the consumer if the consumer's like so i'm gonna bring these aluminum cans back and you're going to say thank you. <laughs> you know exactly, what I mean? Like, <laughs> exactly. So what's so my effort also needs to be, you know, uh, recognized. Right. Um, so as a consumer, and it's sad to think of, you know, that way, because when you are so passionate about, you know, sustaining the future, you say, well, you should do it by heart. Like right. you should do it because it's the right thing to do. But 
at the same time, and and I speak on my you know for myself like is sometimes I completely forget to bring all the bags to the supermarket, and I say like oh my god I forgot you know like <laughs> it's kind of like it is is just the you know the day to day and you are consumed in you into your day to day activities so that's why all these things the simpler the better for people in general because otherwise it's not going to be sustainable and in your book so the book that you wrote is called the world behind recycling are Mm -hmm. these the type of things that you speak about in the book that you talk about that you educate on a hundred percent so the book uh is kind of like the main character is Mr. Bean. So is the recycling bean who takes <laughs> so the kids through the journey of recycling. And it starts from, uh, well, of course, explaining what recyclability means, what the symbols, you know, around recyclability means, and, and the different type of materials that can be put into the recycling bin and explains how the waste is separated um, in the material recycling facility and then the individual recycling processes for paper, metal, uh, plastic and glass, how you can recycle other items that are considered contaminants to the recycling stream that can be still be recycled. And the, the book closes with a, you know, a really nice way to encourage kids to commit on one simple thing you'll do you'll do differently from now on and and that's that's my point on simple steps you know baby steps to change um those behaviors that we have at home so that's the intention and 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 um you know, especially for kids, my daughter and I just see my daughter all the time asking me, hey, mom, is this recycled? Do I put this in the <laughs> recycling bin? Do I put this in? And, and they are, in, you know, they are more conscious, uh, more conscious about um, on, on the impact they make to, to the environment. If I compare to myself, to, to my 12 years old, you know, and when I was, you know, a kid, I didn't even know that, you know, what recyclability that probably recyclability didn't exist that probably for glass only but you know um yeah, they are more conscious about it and and the more information we provide to them i hope you know they will be that generation of change that we need in the future and can you just touch on um before we we uh, close up can you touch on like the sorting you know, you mentioned um, how they kind of sort and mm-hmm. um, the different plastics and metals and glass. Can you touch on that, you know, quickly? Just what does that look like um, from a recycling facility standpoint? The old gods have fallen and the world descends into turmoil. But amidst nations rallying their armies, a nefarious cult hellbent on chaos, and the new gods attempting to seize control of it all, a spark of hope arises. We are the agents of repair, and we vow to contest these evils to make the world a better place, no matter what stands in our way. Listen to Venture Forth, a DD podcast, across all podcasting platforms.
yeah. So um, is is in general, globally speaking, those facilities um, work in a very similar way. So is literally physically separated. So there are stations, and it's more more complex that it sounds, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but there are stations where um, the bales are coming from, you know, different bales of waste. Um, they get into a big, massive, let's say, massive conveyor, um, and then in each of the stations, the paper gets separated by air, for example. The metals are separated by um, kind of like magnets. It's not necessarily magnet, but just to, you know, put things in context, separated by magnets, and then the plastics get separated, you know, uh, from from glass and so on. So it's a very complex facility. Um, here in Australia, majority of them are uh, private owned, uh, probably sponsored by government. Uh, I'm not sure if in other countries will be 100% owned by the government, councils, you know. Um, but um, yeah, it's a very complex and high tech um, facility. Basically, uh, the mechanism to separate the items is physical. And I think that's why, you know, a lot of people say like, oh, do I have to rinse out like my plastics and stuff like that? And for me, because I know that it's manual, one thing is it's hard to recycle stuff with like baked on food. (laughs) And second, real people are separating the recycling. And if it turns like how long, we don't know how long the plastic is sitting there for right from the time that we put into our recycling bin from the time that it gets picked up on this like on the side of the road the time that it gets to the facility they could be backed up for weeks right like who knows when that piece of plastic is actually getting recycled so from my from another standpoint it can't get really pardon sorry i was I was going to say it can get really nasty. Like if, yeah, like if, for example, it's a milk bottle, it can right. stink. Like, yeah, yeah. And so real people are are the ones, you know, like you said, it's manual labor. So you think of the people that are doing this, that they're handling this stuff, they're touching it, you know, and it's just hygienically, I'm just like, please rinse out your stuff. Like, yeah. I think I just might have made yeah, up a word and it's there, not, but... Yeah. <laughs> and it's not, yeah, it's not a, it's not a hard, you know, it's not too hard. Like if, like if even, you know, the, um, just, just a quick rinse is, is important. Um, as I said, the, the process is very physical. There is real people in the process, uh, not necessarily separating the items, items, but removing the contaminants. Um, as, as I said before, people put, you know, piece of clothing in there you know <laughs> things that that are you know and if you if you have a, a a piece of a rag in there can get tangled into the the machinery so it's kind of like they they need to remove all that also to avoid exactly. any complications um across the process so yes there is real people working in there um the the the, the containers if they don't if they're not clean and not necessarily super clean, but if you know, if you don't rinse it at home, they can get really nasty. The smells—it's kind of like working in a 
big mass mass of waste literally right. um so to be also to 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 consider those people that work in the the people that work in there you know is also important that you know we do a small step um before putting the items in the recycling bin yeah and it's so crazy to me you know i know we're talking about recycling but you know, we have curbside composting where I live. So mm-hmm, it's a mm-hmm. big brown bin that you put your composting in. It's super clear on the website, like uber clear what you can or not can and cannot yes. put in the in the compost. Like I often go over it like, oh, can I put this? And I go back and refer to it. But the average person is not. And I remember not I went yet. for a walk. It was last year. I'm going for a walk and it was compost day. So I see all the compost bins lined up on the street and I see like wood in the compost, but Ugh. it's like from the side of someone's house with paint. I'm like, okay, yeah, mm. that doesn't go in the compost. And then I'm mm. thinking all the work that I'm doing to compost, are you screwing it up for me now? <laughs> like, yes. are you screwing up how hard I work for composting? And the same yeah. is true for recycling. I work really hard to follow what they say to do like they say mm. for plastic bags you need to take one plastic bag and put all the plastic bags into a bag tie yes. it up throw it in the recycling i yes. feel like i'm the only person in my town that does that <laughs> i just have a sneaky suspicious i'm like one maybe there's a couple others and i'm like then i think and i'm thinking to myself are other people screwing up how hard i work and how hard other people work to follow the steps for recycling, for composting. Mm. And then they mm. go throw in like a random t-shirt in the recycling yeah. or they mm. throw like something that's not supposed to be in the compost. So I have a lot of trust issues when it comes yeah, to these things. Yeah, and, you, and you're so right. Yeah, <laughs> you're so right. And I think it's just because the information is not easily easily available um for me i always say to you know i always wonder and i have written letters to my consul saying hey it will be so much easier if you just put a big sticker on the bin and say hey these are the items you could Mm -hmm. put in it like you know it's more like i don't know if it's a matter of you know putting more in a more visual way um because people will not they are not going to go to a website just to check what items can be put in it. Maybe, and some others I do, but, you know, the majority, unfortunately, majority of people are not going to do it. And and they don't do it just because is it extra effort they need to put into it. Some of them don't see the value. Um, so then they say, well, why do I bother? You know, so things needs to be simple, needs to be more visual. Education, again, is a big, 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 massive um, gap. We need to start by educating people, educating people at home on things that, you know, are simple and can make a massive change. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah and yeah. I think to like close this loop up at the very beginning, you said, you said we need to stop using as much. We used, we need to start reducing. So even before we start recycling, it's, we need to reduce and reduce the amount of stuff we're actually putting in the recycling. 
right? And so it just kind of ties this up in a nice little bow that yes, recycling is uber important and you everyone should go buy go buy your book The World Behind Recycling and go to their local websites, you know, where they live and check what can be recycled, but even before that is reduce and consume less so your blue mm-hmm. bin or whatever color your recycling bin is that there's yes. less stuff in it. A hundred percent. And again, going back to that waste hierarchy, um, where the first thing you need to you need to think of is, do I really need that item? Do I really need to buy a new one? Can I re repurpose it? Can I repair it? And then can I reduce and then reuse? And then you know, recycling is just probably middle of that pyramid you know and then composting (laughs) is kind of like uh, yes composting and recycling are the things that are getting more um attraction and 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 attention because there is economy behind it the other thing is there is a lot of investment put into those two you know streams globally but before that we have Many other R's, you know, uh, that we need to um, we need to be thinking of first. Yeah. So that's probably my my call to people. Um, please, before you know, even thinking of how to recycle and all that sort of things, rethink, reuse, reduce. You know, <laughs> before going into the recycling piece. And go buy your book, The World Behind Recycling. <laughs> oh, you can, of course. <laughs> if you want to learn what to put into the recycling bin, then you buy the book. <laughs> and I will have all those links below in the show notes. So thank you, Emily, for being here. I appreciate it. I know it took us a couple of tries to get this interview on the books, <laughs> but I'm so glad that we were able to have this interview and that um, even though there's 14 hours between us, we were able to make this yes. happen. So thank you so much. Thank you for having me and a pleasure. Please contact me anytime. I'm you know, more than happy to, to help and, and educate in any aspects um, related to sustainability. It's a pleasure for me. Thank you. And how can people find you? Yeah, well, you can go into the um, website. So it'll be www.sustainabilityforkids.com.au. My uh, social media, Anneli Milan, um, in Instagram, in Twitter. Um, You can also find um, sustainability underscore au in instagram so it's more related to the book and my email annali at sustainabilityforkids.com and i will have that all below in the show notes so thank you again for being here pleasure for more sustainability living inspiration you can check out a couple of my favorite episodes episode two simple ways to reduce your waste Episode 8, Recycling Plastic. What do those numbers actually mean? And episode 55, Eliminate Food Waste One Meal at a Time. Also, Annalie has graciously offered to send one listener a copy of her book, The World Behind Recycling. 
All you have to do is send her an email at annalee at sustainabilityforkids.com.au. And the first person that sends that email will receive a copy of her book. Simply state in the email why you need this book in your life and she will get the book out to you. Please share this episode with your friends, coworkers, mom, dad, uncle, cousin, seriously, anyone. Anyone you think will enjoy this episode all about recycling. Maybe even your chiropractor? Thank you so much. <laughs> Stay connected with me on Instagram and TikTok at this is Stephanie Morham. And don't forget to subscribe to the Green Junkie podcast on your favorite platform. And you can always download my complimentary audio series. You will find everything in the show notes below. Thank you for listening and I'll see you next Tuesday, Green Junkie.